0: Love, talk, radio.
1: Good evening and welcome to Monergy Life. This is Robert Fisher, your host. I have the very special pleasure of welcoming Minu Marielle to the show tonight. While we're waiting for her to call in, let me just speak a little bit about her. Uh, for, For one of her many accomplishments, she is the founder of the Palace of Extraordinary Miracles Foundation, poem for short. Just saying those words conjures up such amazing thoughts for me. The whole idea of miracles is something that just seems magical to me. And I can't wait to hear about how the Palace of Extraordinary Miracles was founded. Uh, In addition, uh, Meenu is one of the co-founders of the upcoming World Dignity Forum to be held in New Delhi, India uh, on February 8th through February 10th of 2019. While I was perusing uh, information on the Palace of Extraordinary Miracles, pretty amazing stuff that um that seems to be the benchmark for their initiative some of the some of the pathways that they represent in fact the three main ones are the pathway to self liberation and self actualization number 1 number 2 would be the pathway to total wellness and number 3 would be positive collaborative change with people that are already in the forefront of making positive change in the world. I think it's truly amazing to contemplate uh, this these pathways and one of the stated goals of the Palace of Extraordinary Miracles is for every initiative to be designed a pathway to miracle to make miracles as the new norm in our society what an interesting concept to aspire to for most of the world and for many people what life teaches people is that suffering is, is the norm for existence and to contemplate changing that to a life of miracles and to make miracles as the new norm I think is incredibly ambitious and I can't wait to hear about it. I know that uh, Minu is in transit at the moment and I hope there is no problem in her calling in for the show. Uh, If there is, well, I guess we can reschedule it if that's the case, but uh, I was told by the people she works with that she is in transit and she will be calling in. Let's see. Hold on for one moment, please. Well, um, there was a slight technical problem. Um, Minu is going to be calling, in now she was calling my personal cell phone, and that unfortunately didn't bring her on the air. Uh, But she should be calling in any minute, and um, it will be a miracle. (laughs) No, only kidding. Uh, so while waiting for, her, uh, like I said, so now we have. Oh, here she is calling. Minu, is that you? Yes, it is. Perfect. Now you're, you've joined all the listeners and myself. Welcome to Monergy Life. Hello. Well, as you, as I was waiting for you to call in, I was informing. Uh, our listeners about some of the really amazing things that you're involved with. I have to tell you, before we get started, I am totally impressed. And what makes me the most impressed is, from reading about um, the Palace of Extraordinary Miracles Foundation and the goal to replace Um, to make the new norm to be miracles in terms of human existence? How did you come up with that strategy, that ideology, that aspiration? Mm -hmm. How did it come to you?
0: Well, you know, Robin, uh, it, it wasn't something that was created by intellectual processing. It really came to me when I made a choice for myself to really connect to what is my calling in this human life. Um, you know, what am I here to do and what am I here to cause? And I went on a journey from a high-flying corporate executive uh, and movie producer based out of London to really going in search of who am I and what I want to do next. And it is through that journey that i uncovered that the calling of my soul is to connect humans and humanity to the miracle that they are
1: and a I, miracle, love I, I love it i love it it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful And to make it the new norm, how ambitious is that in today's world? To make miracles the new norm of human existence. Every time I even say that, I mean, so many images flash in my mind, and I am just automatically turned on and impressed at the same time. Well,
0: you know, the reality is this, that uh, it's important when when you have a calling like this, like uh, I do, connecting humans and humanity to the miracle that they are, it's important to define what, that, what is a miracle. Um, and, and in doing so, what I arrived at is a miracle is where something beautiful occurs that makes your heart sing. So the fact that your heart is beating, that is the song of the heart, which means your heart is singing, which means that there is a miracle here right now. It's just a matter of making the connection. We don't have to go very far. We don't have to wait for something someday to occur. We really have to just look at what is present right there within us, outside us, right around us that is making our heart sing. You know, it could be the fact that we are even thinking this way. You know, the fact that we can hear the sound of our own voice. You know, it could be the print on our dress. It could be you know the perfection of the leaves on the tree in front of us there's so many so many things that come together that make a heart sing and when when you are focused in that way you're very connected and present in the moment and you start to realize that in the moment there are only miracles there is no past there is no future there is only what is and what is is rich in miracles. And, you know, there are so many moments that make up a second, but at least 60 seconds in a a minute and 60 minutes in an hour. So you can imagine how abundant our, um, you know, our treasure trove of miracles really is. It starts to, and it doesn't take long for anybody to really get connected to miracles are the norm. It's the connection that is a new part. Uh,
1: You know, I I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, I've pretty much come to the same conclusion as to you, to uh, appreciate the sheer joy of existence in the present moment and everything that that entails, from the smallest detail to the largest, is in fact a miracle. And that is truly why I think we're here on Earth.
0: Hmm. Very true. Very true. Uh
1: and and I've yeah. really uh been more and more aware of this over the last year and a half, two years, and it has really changed my appreciation of everybody and everything that I come into contact with. And I know that for myself, I attempt project unconditional love onto everyone and everything that comes into my pathway.
0: Well, you know, uh, it's interesting you bring the the topic of love uh, in my my journey into miracles. What I found was that, um, um, you know, I asked a question, you know, what is life? What is death? What is love? And uh, what I received as an intuitive response was that, you know, life is basically an organism that's breathing. It's a state in which an organism is breathing. And... um, but how we choose to live our life is what keeps us alive long after we have stopped breathing. Death is a change of state. You know, an organism has stopped breathing. But depending on how you chose to live your life, you continue to remain alive long after you have stopped breathing. Love was interesting, which was like, love is the innate vibration of being human, is love. And all you have to do is to be love. Love isn't outside of you or even inside of you. You know, it isn't about being in love with someone else or, you know, someone else loving us. All we have, to, If you choose to just be, you know, a human, when they choose to be, becomes a human being and the, the human being is being love. That is the innate vibration. And well, so, I totally you know, you agree can't, with you. You can't love ever is, have any Love conditions. is an, and
1: it- love is an energy vibration. And I think it's the Mm. ultimate energy in the universe. As far as I'm concerned, Mm. the most powerful energy, it is completely powerful. That is true power. You know, it's interesting how human beings have created a whole system of status and power. But as far as I can see right now in my life, that type of power is an illusion. That's not real power. And very often what human beings can think of as power is the ability to control other people and their actions and that's not real power that's an illusion and because i don't believe you could ever really control anyone nor should you even try but that's just me of course but you know getting back to the miracle aspect of of what you're doing could you hmm. tell our listeners and share with us what do you think your first experience of a miracle was in your life? Um, so my first experience of a miracle,
0: when I, when I understood that a miracle is what, um, you know, something beautiful that occurs that makes your heart sing, um, it, I was in Bali. I had moved to live in Bali um, where I was really diving deep into myself to find myself. And, uh, it, that, it was the, It was the morning that two things occurred in my meditation one was this this definition of miracle, and then I was like oh my god i 've got to find this miracle you know and it 's right here, so what is that and that 's when i was i uncovered a really important philosophy, and it was about being, and what I saw was um, you know a, a couple of words that we take for granted. And uh, so one was um, behave. Behave is, in fact, be and you have, period. Right. And it it isn't about behave yourself. It's actually be and you have, period. You know, another word that came in was because. That, in fact, is be, cause, period. And it was like, it was like, very interesting, right? And we use the cause as yes. justification, whereas it's, all, it's meant to be, you know, be cause. Get on with it. But that was the first miracle. After my understanding of, you know, <laughs> a miracle is where something beautiful occurs, it makes your heart sing. So I thought, wow, so all I have to do is to be, you know? And I, and I decided that if all I have to do is be, let's create a new dictionary of be words. And I can just start choosing how I'm going to be today. And, you know, so I thought, Okay, today I'm going to be miraculous since I have this revelation. And you know, literally I, I absolutely just absolutely love
1: it.
0: And literally just as I finished making that choice, I was like really excited. There's some electricity, you know, that was sort of present in my cells and you know, I just come out and I'm just standing in the balcony just looking out and um and we had the swimming pool downstairs and the flowers were, frangipani was in full bloom. The orchids were in full bloom. And I see, and I've never, I mean, Bali is not a place you have hummingbirds, but there was some hummingbird equivalent that just arrived right in front of me on the frangipani tree that was there. And it had this long pointy beak and it had a, very Kingfisher-like blue streak on it. And I'm like staring at it thinking, wow, I've never seen this bird before. It looked amazing. And it was, you know, literally feeding on the nectar of the flower. Um, And just as it starts flying, there's a whole school of birds arrive. So I'm like really excited like a little girl. I run down the steps, come out of uh, the, the front door, and just as I'm walking past the swimming pool, Right in front of me, in front of my feet, was this tiny little baby cobra sitting there with its hood up. (laughs) I was so present to, oh, my God, the richness that exists around us if only we choose to notice, you know? and I mean, I wasn't frightened by the cobra. He wasn't going to do anything. I was really truly being miraculous, noticing anything and everything that was there that was making my heart sing. And it multiplied from there. I mean, you know, it went all the way to that evening. Um, we had rice fields outside our, our, our villa. And, um, you know, I was just sort of sitting there looking at the, into the rice fields. We had a full moon night. And there was, it was cloudy. So the clouds just covered the moon. And it became pitch dark. And just then the rice fields filled up with fireflies. I mean, it's, it's that kind of experience which probably occurred every night but I didn't necessarily notice it until I connected to, you know, looking for what's there that makes my heart sing. And I think so much richness in it. Um, and literally what that, what that, what that has done as I share this with people, become like a click of a finger. Manifestations uh, have started occurring. Because we always had click of a finger in the context of miracles. We just weren't connected that way. But once you start connecting hmm. that way, the universe steps in and multiplies and really turns the volume up on whatever it is that you are vibrating. And if I'm in the miracle vibration, then that's what's being multiplied. And literally right. all I have to do is click a finger, manifestation occurs.
1: And it's not funny. Right. Yeah, I've
0: now shared this with people, and it does happen to everyone.
1: I'm sure it does that people are not as aware or conscious about it. Uh, Now, like I said, when I was introducing you, just even speaking what poem stands for, The Palace of Extraordinary Miracles, why is it that for many people on this planet, their basic existence is suffering and not miracles? How did that travesty occur? How do you think that Mm -hmm. happened?
0: You know, we do live in a planet of free choice. And I learned when I went on my journey from being this, this supposedly, you know, successful corporate executive with, with a big grand lifestyle and I dived into really understanding what do I want to do next and who am I, what I realized was that I had made the choice to go after this so-called um, you know supposedly successful life, and all that had happened was, yes, I had a big house, and yes, I had you know designer clothes, and yes, I went on five star vacations and stuff, but I was a hamster on a wheel, spinning away, spinning away, spinning away, moving very fast, and going nowhere
1: mm. and
0: well that happens I, to a lot
1: of people today your your experience yes. is very, very common. And I think it's because people get attached to all this. And, and, you know, Maya, the illusion, people think Mm. this is what is reality. You know, all those trappings, the accomplishments, the degrees, the big house, the cars, they become something that people just get very attached to. And they lose touch with simple existence and the enjoyment that comes with simple existence on this planet so many people are just completely disconnected from that basic human experience.
0: Yes. What I, what I got uh, was that, you know, it was a matter of my choice. You know, yes, I had all of this, these things, but was I even noticing that? It, well, I was on autopilot sitting in my, this uh-huh. you know, fancy Range Rover and driving around. I would never even noticed how amazing that car was. You know, it was just happening. <clears throat>
1: You know, right. So, uh, because, and, and, you know, like I said, you know, a lot of people were in the same boat as you and a lot of people still yeah. are where they have all the trappings. They don't even appreciate, they don't take the time to even experience and appreciate what they have. And they're on autopilot, yeah. like you said. And I think the, 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 the real um, trick in the human experience is to be able to use your free choice to have the experiences that you want but actually enjoy everything that you have and not get attached to it. And if you have that, if you have that perspective, you could have any level of existence and still enjoy it. And you could enjoy all the things that are on this planet and not get consumed by it and not get blindsided by it. Yeah, it is about
0: being, you know, it really is about being and you have, and, you know, you may not necessarily have the material object, but if you have the experience or the fulfilment, which is what you were striving to get the material object for, then that's the bottom line. And you know, you asked right. about what is, you know, how have we got ourselves into this travesty? I would say it is really we forgot that we chose the life we have, you know, and even accepting certain things as fait accompli is also a matter of choice. We, we can choose to live a different life. What, like, you know, what do you mean by thinking that? that well, yes. So it's like, you know, we can't do anything about this because, you know, we have... Uh, um, uh, I have this illness or I have this responsibility, right. you know, so I have to live a life of compromise. Well, there is nothing yes. like that, you know? Right. Don't, don't give your power away to anything
1: or right. anyone.
0: You have the power... Right. I totally agree
1: existence. with you. I yeah. totally agree with you and I and 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 I really want to talk about some of the spiritual healing modalities that you've uncovered. Mm. Um, yeah, and I love the three pathways that you mentioned for the palace of extraordinary miracles. One, mm. self-liberation, self-actualization. Two, a total wellness package. Total wellness, mm. spiritual, mm. emotional, physical, and mental. Three, creating positive collaborative change with people that are already making these changes in the universe. I love those three pathways. I think they're brilliant. Um, And I'm very curious as to uh, the the total wellness uh, aspect of Mm. it and what you discovered uh, in terms of helping people to realize and to retake the power in their lives on all those different Um, elements, spiritual, emotional, physical, financial even. Um, Mm -hmm. What have you discovered is helpful for people to regain control and power over their lives?
0: Yeah. Um, uh, If if I was to, you know, just, just summarize some of these, I would say the first thing is to really understanding that we are the cause in our matter. We, and so that's the first piece of we are the cause.
1: However, we it create. As in in it, effect, right? In effect, we created the situation that we now find troublesome, right?
0: Yes, yes, and we may, we yes. may it may have been subconscious,
1: but you know, we are the exactly,
0: right? Now, you know, but, rather than beating ourselves up about it, let's celebrate the fact that hey, if we created it, we can uncreate it too.
1: You know, I use those same words myself. It's so funny that that's a, that's the way you phrase it because I completely am on that wavelength we have created our reality and we have the power to uncreate the elements that we don't like at the moment.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I would say the second thing is this whole point about choice. You know, we were, we were born to choose and we are always choosing even if we choose to make no choice. So let's just be, you know, um, present to the, the choice that we are about to make. Um, right. You know, let's just do it with conscious presence.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, particularly in the United States today, right at this moment, people do not want to take responsibility for the lives they've created. And people are so reluctant to own their behavior. And the mm-hmm. first step in uncreating what you've created is to acknowledge what you actually created and actually own it. And it's not yes. a sign of weakness or disappointment. It's just an acknowledgement of a reality. And, and yes. I think there's such reluctance in our society, and I'm not sure of the reason why, for people to actually step up to the plate and own their behavior, own the effects it's had on them, own the effects their behavior has had on the people they've interacted with.
0: Yes, yes. Um, And you know what I would, the third thing really is to understand that if you ever, the blame game is actually the game where we deplete ourselves of power. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: And that blame game is is played 110% in the United States right now. That's The minute something happens that is not to one's liking, the the finger is pointed away, you know, to somebody else.
0: Yeah, yeah, and And really what you're doing Absolutely, totally disempowering and you can't do anything about it. It creates that helplessness. You know, what I say to people is that yeah, if you if you blame somebody else or something else or another, you know, situation for your unhappiness, you have given the power to your happiness to something that is already causing you distress and it you know, what's the point of that?
1: Right. But it's it's really? a hard thing for people to do here. For whatever the cultural pressure is, the first thing people want to do is to blame somebody else for the life that they've created.
0: Yes, yes. And the moment you do that, you have got that somebody else who you are blaming for the unhappiness in your life actually have the power over your, own, your
1: happiness. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Let me ask you this. What's your take on the conflict between free, free will and predestination. Hmm.
0: So, uh, you know, I, I I have, I come from a culture where, you know, we do believe in, in karma and and destiny and all of that. And so what I've learned is that there is, there is, there is a calling that is to be fulfilled in each person's lifetime. You could call it destiny if you like, but it is, you know, there's uh, that there is a calling. How you go about it is a matter of choice. And you are, have complete free will on what choices you make. So, you know, that is I, a calling. I mean Yeah. I, I, mean, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I, I love the never way you broke that cover. down. Yeah. Mhm. I said that I may never have uncovered that my calling is to connect humans and humanity to the miracle that they are uh, if I hadn't made the choices that I made, which led me to uncover it. So literally we are faced with these sliding door moments, you know, at at various stages in our life. And that's, those are the moments of choice. And there we have complete free will. Right.
1: I like to say that uh, as human beings, we had a choice in every moment of our life as to what we want to do. Totally. Totally And when I've I've said that to people, they look at me like I'm crazy because I think it could be very threatening to even say that to somebody, (laughs) right? To even suggest that you had a choice in every moment of your existence. Yeah. We are not brought up. To believe or to think that in our culture um, mm. and you know you could you can attribute that to con- societal conditioning you know it 's almost as if Every one of us has a combination of, you know, conditioning from society, from our family background, from our ethnic background, from schools we've gone to. I like to think of it as a matrix, you know, the movie The Matrix, right? Yeah. So I think of it as a matrix that's imposed on everybody, like a grid. And our challenge as humans is to get out from under that grid and exercise our free will in every moment. And that's a lifelong pursuit. Because from my observation, the conditioning that we receive as human beings can be omnipotent and can be very, very hard to get at from under.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, what I say to people is, um, you know, our beliefs give us our our experience of life, right? So if you believe something is hard, then that is the experience of life that we have. Uh, so it's, it's useful to learn, understand what a belief is so that you can actually shift the belief, right? We assume that belief is like written and given and there, there is not much um, much uh, control we have about it. But actually what a belief is, basically, it really is just a thought that we keep thinking. It's a thought that we think a lot. So given that there exactly. is a thought, that we think a lot, then we can just think a happy thought.
1: Know? Right, it's and a thought form. It's a thought yeah. form, basically. Exactly. And thought exactly. forms really, uh, really create our reality, depending on what your belief system is and your thought forms. That's going to. It's sort of like the hard drive on a computer. It's it's the things that actually create our moment to moment reality, and as yes. you mentioned, uh, you can shift what you believe in. What you believe in. And when you do that, eventually, the reality that gets manifested is going to shift along with your thought forms shifting.
0: Absolutely. I mean, this is the other piece that I say to people it's worth understanding, which is um, everything is vibrating. You know, the earth is moving at such a fast pace that if everything wasn't vibrating, we won't, be, we won't even be able to stand still or see each other that way. So when there is a vibration, there is a vibrational frequency. And there are certain rules of frequency, which basically means that only that which matters, that our vibrational frequency can exist in our reality. So that's one piece of, the, uh, of this equation. The other piece is that the universe is in service of us. And it, it has only one job, and it, it, its only job is to multiply our vibrational frequency. So it's really important to be consciously aware of whatever it is that you are vibrating. And uplift your vibrations. And don't worry about, you know, going into any process about it. Just uplift your vibrations, and it may just start looking at what's there around you that makes your heart sing, because the moment your vibration is uplifted, the universe takes it and multiplies it. And let the universe multiply it, and then you start seeing your own reality shift.
1: Yeah. And all you I have to do is... is,
0: you know, working on yeah. yourself, uplifting your vibration. Don't try fixing right. anything. Don't worry about right. anybody else's happiness. You work right. on you, uplifting your vibrations. Everybody around you actually gets the flavor of that.
1: I totally agree, and I think that is beautifully put. And I would only add that when you do that, that is really the only way that you change the world, by changing your vibration.
0: Yeah. And it is, you know, it may seem hard, but it actually is easy. Just do it a piece at a time. Focus on the moment. In the moment, there are only miracles
1: right uh, wow this has this is already an incredible conversation in the few moments that we have left to this talk i'd like to shift to the world dignity forum because i'm also fascinated by that too. I have to admit <laughs> how did that come mm-hmm. into being what how did that yes. idea uh, come into being Yes,
0: you know um, the more I went into what it was to create full-spectrum well-being, which is what the poem stands for, where you're thriving physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, and environmentally, the more I found that, you know, we were achieving some amazing successes, and there was some issue about sustaining that. you know. And then I saw some great work being done in the environment field and interfaith dialogues and, you know, personal transformation world and I could still see the lack of sustainability of all of that so I, I went into okay well what is going on here what is at the root cause that is you know creating this interruption in, in sustainability of some the good work that is happening all around us and what I found was there was dignity is at the foundation if dignity is compromised then Nothing is sustainable. Dignity is what makes sustainability sustainable. And that gave rise to the World Dignity Forum. And we decided that we were going to create the World Dignity Forum as a conscious counterpart to the World Economic Forum. And you know, if you look at the economy, our strive for economy basically has meant that You know, we have a situation where a tree only has value once it is chopped and becomes an asset. Um, In the forest, it has no value. So forests got chopped. And we are all experiencing the climate change situation and economic resources and other resources are having to be diverted towards that. And it's become a serious existential threat caused by the ignoring of dignity. And that, I'm just using the tree as an example. We see that in the context of human life, Oceans, coral, uh, you know, in 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 slavery, in the workplace, all sorts of stuff. So the World Dignity Forum has created to be at that stature of the World Economic Forum. It's about bringing fringe to mainstream, to center stage, and we invite people there to take the dignity to sign up to the Dignity Declaration which is to honor, build, and preserve dignity in self, in communities, including all inhabitants and the environment, with kindness, respect, and cooperation for a peaceful, sustainable, and abundant world. And at the World Dignity Forum, which is going to occur every year on 8th, 9th, 10th of February, starting 2019 in India, we are inviting solutionaries, I call them, these are people all around the world who have been implementing solutions that are, you know, that are honoring, building, and preserving de- dignity in self and communities and the environment. Um, and these solutions are being showcased. Um, the Dignity Forum itself will choose certain solutions which become templates and they get converted into educational programs. We have also have a dignity pledge that we are inviting people to take, and uh, it is to take one act of kindness every day to honor, build, and preserve dignity in myself, for dignity begins with me. And we are, our goal is by uh, February 2021, we have a billion people or more that have actually taken the dignity pledge, you can just imagine the impact of people choosing to take one act of kindness every day for themselves, you know, whilst the solutions discussed at the World Dignity Forum get multiplied and and templated and amplified. Um, Just this act of kindness alone, and it is something that can be done in every language. You don't have to be, you know, intellectually qualified or have an educational qualification to understand what's after of you. You don't have to depend on anyone. A little child could do it. Um, you know, a 100-year-old granddad could do it. Teachers could do it. Corporate executives could do it. We start a movement. So the first phase that we are focusing on is the paradigm shift, and hence the Dignity Pledge, um, in the way that we have created it, in, you know, making it so simplified that everybody can do it. Then we move on to awareness, which occurs through the World Dignity Forum, where we are, um, you know, uh, sh- sharing and uh, putting a spotlight on solutions to do with water, with air, with security, with existential threats, with money, with investment, with you know, uh, ending slavery. What are what are the solutions that are being implemented out there that are full-spectrum solutions? And they get shared. People from around the world are coming together for this. The event is being live-cast all over the world as well. So, you know, whether or not you can be in Delhi, you can certainly be a part of this, the inauguration of this, this movement. Um, we are enthusiastic and totally dedicated to achieving that shift and, you know, really fulfilling on the declaration that we have put together.
1: Well, here again, I am unbelievably impressed and uh, with the ambitious nature of this and the simplicity of it. I love the concept of the dignity pledge, which is within the reach of every living human being. I love it. And the ripple effect of that can be Enormous. Yes. I know from my own personal experience how a different one act can impact so many other people. One act of kindness, yes. because just think about the number of people that you meet in a day, the average person. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, multiple, and in a year, most people will meet 2,000 people. And if that one person sheds an act, you know something kind or projects positively onto everyone they meet just one person that's affecting mm. 2000 people in a year yeah. yeah which is incredible yeah
0: yeah absolutely 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 uh, and mm-hmm. you know the container and the overarching intention is the declaration you know, I work. I work with my miracle. Um, I, I surf the wave using the miracle surfboard. So the declaration <laughs> is the one that <laughs> that allows us <laughs> to surf the wave that gets created with the dignity pledge.
1: Right, and you know, one of the things that that came to mind when you were talking about the dignity pledge is energy projection. Something that I've been very mm. aware of uh, in the last few years. I realize that the way we treat everyone we come into contact with, what we project mm. onto them, our words are so important because humans are composed of water and we absorb what's projected onto us. Totally. Very, almost, very true. Almost, yeah, almost automatically. Just think about how when you were in school and if a teacher favored one student over another, let's say the teacher was always telling one student, oh, you're brilliant, you're so smart, and somebody else, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're so stupid. There's a really good chance that person is going to grow grow up thinking they were stupid because of what was projected onto them. And these are the kind of things that people are not aware of. Their words are super important what you project yes. onto another human being sticks. It really sticks.
0: Yes. So true. So true. You know, hence, hence the dignity pledge of taking that one act of kindness. It's being in action. Um, you know, even the act of taking the pledge, you know, those words itself, like you said, mm-hmm. do something to ourselves. I know when I, when I share wow. the dignity declaration and share the Dignity Pledge in conferences uh, around the world, in salons around the world, it's quite amazing to see the effect they have on people, just me sharing it. You can imagine what it's going to be like when we embark on that campaign of each one taking the declaration. Right.
1: Um, I think, think, yeah, I think the pledge just immediately raises everyone's awareness, just the whole mm, idea that it's feasible, that it's possible, doable, and that one should perhaps try it, okay? What's the harm in trying it, right? Absolutely. With human beings, my experience um, uh, has been until you experience something to yourself, you're not going to believe it. It doesn't matter what somebody else tells you. You have mm-hmm. to act. You have to go through the experience yourself for it to be real.
0: True. Very true. Very true. And I,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I love. I love the fact that this is an exper- experiential thing that you're suggesting for people that they actually do something. It's not an intellectual yes. exercise. It's something to do. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes, and you know, what I've done, what we've done here is really got the perfect combination of being and doing, you know, so you be kind and you're doing this act of kindness.
1: Exactly, exactly. I can't believe we're almost at the end of our chat. I think I could talk with you for hours about this stuff. We've only scratched the surface. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, Minu. It's been a real incredible pleasure. I've learned so much from speaking with you, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Uh, Minu Mariel, she is the founder of the Palace Extraordinary Miracles Foundation, also one of the founders of the World Dignity Forum, which is to take place in New Delhi February 8th through February 10th, 2019, and every year thereafter, I believe, on the same dates. It will be live streamed, so everybody can take advantage of it. Minu, thank you so much for being on Munergy Life. I want to wish you a beautiful evening as well to all my listeners. Thank you again for being on the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.
1: Good night.